0: Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Faith and Family. Thank you for joining us today as we're going to be talking about marriage and a very concrete way that you can strengthen your marriage. You see, marriage isn't designed to be a do-it-yourself affair. It's not, Christian marriage isn't something where you go to church, you're married inside a church, you leave the church, and then you're on your own. No. God offers very concrete help for those who are married in His grace, for those who, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, are baptized, both spouses. They are joined in marriage and can expect to receive what we talked about last week, the Ezekiel promise. What's the Ezekiel promise? That was a promise of a new heart that God would give to his people in the new covenant that would enable them to do his commandments. What are his commandments? Loving God with all your heart, soul, and mind, loving your neighbor as yourself, even the strength to love your enemies. See, this will have application directly and immediately to marriage. Let me read to you from Ezekiel 36, the Ezekiel promise. He says, starting in verse 26, a new heart I will give you, and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will take out of your flesh the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to observe my ordinances. There's a promise here, and what we want to talk about today is how to remove three big blockages that prevent this grace, this charity, this power from God to come and directly impact your marriage. But just in case you think I'm making this up... <laughs> Just in case you've been listening to voices in the modern world, particularly in the psychology profession, not everyone, but there's certainly voices that saying marriage is just too tough. Um, Couples can't make it with all the pressures today. You just basically need to keep starting over. And there's even voices in the church as, oh, marriage is too hard today for couples. We need to start changing the timeless teachings of Christ to make it fit the modern world and in the midst of all this the best voice you can hear for marriage and family in the modern world is the voice of saint john paul ii who i'd like to cite right now this is from his apostolic exhortation the role of the christian family in the modern world and he says this and and this might be speaking directly to somebody thinking i'm ready to throw in the towel on my marriage i've had enough, I've tried as hard as I could, and it's just not working. Listen, to all those who in our times consider it too difficult or indeed impossible to be bound to one person for the whole of life, and to those caught up in a culture that rejects the indissolubility of marriage and openly mocks commitment, it is necessary to reconfirm the good news of the definitive nature of that conjugal love that has in christ its foundation and strength see the foundation for your marriage is christ the strength for your marriage Is Christ. You know, you go to church and sing, On Christ the solid rock I stand. Well, apply that to your marriage. It's not just kind of a faith life detached from a married life. These two go together. And here's where, in different words, St. John Paul II is talking about the Ezekiel promise. He says, Christ renews the first plan that the Creator inscribed in the hearts of man and woman and in the celebration of the sacrament of matrimony, offers a new heart. Thus, the couples are not only able to overcome hardness of heart, but also and above all, they are able to share the full and definitive love of Christ. (laughs) Don't go it alone. The reason that you're having trouble and not finding strength from Christ can be traced directly to some major blockages. There might be uh, a few or several, but I want to hit three important ones, and they can all have a very definitive remedy. In other words, the goal is to get rid of something that could be blocking this new power and strength that Christ offers Christian couples in marriage. So what would be the first thing we want to get rid of that could be blocking grace coming into our hearts? We don't have to give up on marriage. Rather, we need to give up on sin. Sin is the thing that can dramatically mess up marriage and family life. Just look in the book of Genesis. In the very same chapter, you read about the first sin, Adam and Eve there. You also, in the same chapter, the exact chapter where original sin starts, that's where marriage trouble starts. Adam started blaming his sin on Eve. It's this woman you gave me, God. She she gave it to me. It wasn't my fault. And it's called blame shifting, very common problem in marriage. You know, that didn't take long, did it? Same chapter. You turn the page, chapter 4, it moves from the marriage into the family, and you have fratricide. First two brothers, one kills the other. You see, sin has a very profound effect on the family. Sin isn't just some theological topic that involves a faith life that goes on in church that somehow is removed from daily family life. No, it's right in the middle. And the wonderful thing, as Catholics, we have what I considered my most unfavorable sacrament. That's confession. I hate to go to confession. I love to come out of confession. It's hard to go in. It's hard on your pride. It's hard to go in and actually confess sin, but you know what? To have a definitive pronouncement given to you, your sins are forgiven in an objective sense, and in the name of Christ, your sins are gone, Well, let's just go back to Genesis. If you have original sin and boom, immediately on the same page, you're going to have marriage problems. What's going to happen if you go to confession? Well, if you go to confession, you're going to get rid of those things in your life, the guilt and the self-centeredness that really not only plague your spiritual life, plague your marital life and your family life. So go to confession. I'm not a priest, but if I was one, I'd tell you something I would do at least twice a year. Say in Advent, a great time to go to confession. Actually, a great time to go to confession is every month of the year. But let's just say during Advent and Lent, you know, invite couples to come to confession specifically for strengthening their marriage. Most people today have a computer. What happens if you ignore your computer and you allow junk in it. Uh, Sin is like that junk that invades your computer. It slows it down, all the cookies and malware and viruses and unused files. If you just let it go, what happens? Your computer's not going to run very well. And the same goes for your marriage. It's, It's a drag. It's it's, it's a, a source of conflict. It's a source of like saying, you know, this is all supposed to work. I had such high hopes and expectations for marriage. And look, and even Christian marriage, this is, this is not supposed to way it's to work. Well, maybe you need to get to confession on a regular basis. Why? Because we want our marriages strengthened on a regular basis, okay? That's blockage number one we wanna get rid of. And again, Christ is promising a new heart, and he's also promising his grace and the power of his spirit that enables us to love. And we start loving in our marriages, in our family life, and this is where that Ezekiel promise comes from the power of Christ. So we wanna remove sin. Number two, we gotta get rid of false religion. False religion is a blockage to that strength that Christ wants to give each of his children. Now, why are you talking about false religion on Catholic radio? The reason I am is because in my estimation, the majority of Catholics today have definitely bit into a false religion. What, What are you talking about? Let me ask you a simple question. I've asked this question before and I've come to the conclusion that this is, in, this is one of the more important questions you can ask yourself, you can ask your children, you can ask your CCD class, you can ask your youth group or scout group. It's simply this. Imagine if uh, by accident you were to die today and stand before the God of heaven and he should ask you, what is the primary reason that I should let you into heaven? how would you answer? Right now, think about it. How would you answer? It doesn't have to be long. Just give me a sentence or two. Why should I let you into heaven? God speaking. What would be your reply? You might ask your children that tonight at dinner as well, because the the life that they're living can be one void of all of that grace promised in the Ezekiel promise promised in the new covenant that saint john paul ii was talking about can help marriages can all be gone if your answer begins with the word i now you can answer the word i if something like christ is the direct object in other words the reason you should let me into heaven i believe in christ okay but it's usually i And there's no direct object relating to God or his mercy, but it's, I tried to be a good person. I tried to do this or that, or I went to mass every Sunday. If it's I, in other words, that's the primary reason God should let you into heaven. You have fallen headfirst down the deepest well of false religion that has ever walked the face of this earth. That is not Catholicism. Catholicism says... I can go to heaven because I trust in God. I believe that Jesus died for the sins of the world. In other words, it's I'm not my primary trust is not what I do. And when you are having the primary trust in something you do or don't do, now don't get me wrong. We are to obey God but I'm talking about where does it all begin? What is the ultimate solid rock upon which you stand? And we stand in church singing, on Christ the solid rock I stand, and yet I can ask Catholics, old and young, what is the primary reason God should let you into heaven? And the song that I hear, it says, on me and my, the shaky ground I stand. It's quicksand, it isn't Christ. If you're depending upon yourself, then you've missed first base in the Catholic faith. The first base is trusting in Jesus, trusting in God's mercy, not trusting myself. The epistle to the Galatians from St. Paul in the New Testament, is a great place if you answered something with, I do this or I do that, uh, as the primary reason God should let you into heaven. That's got to get out, because if that's in your life, here's just a collection of things that I have found in Paul's epistle to the Galatians for those who are trusting in something other than God as the primary reason he should let them into heaven. St. Paul says, by doing that, if your primary trust is in yourself, you have deserted Christ. That's Galatians 1.6. He says, you have also turned to a different gospel. The good news isn't that you save yourself. The good news is that Jesus saves you, so your trust is in him, not you. Uh, If you are trusting in yourself, the primary reason God should let you into heaven, you've perverted the gospel of Christ. You are not justified before God. And then he says in Galatians 2.21, you have nullified the grace of God. Zero. You've canceled it out. This is 100% blockage of the grace that's promised in the Ezekiel promise. This is a 100% promise in the wonderful things that St. John Paul II says is available to, to marriage. But if you turn from trusting in Christ to trusting in yourself as the primary rock, the foundation, that primary reason God should let you into heaven, you've nullified the grace of God. You've canceled it out. Zero. It's not there. And then you're going to go through life, and particularly in the modern world, and you're going to find you're going to run out of strength. Just like at the wedding of Cana, apart from those new covenant graces, that new wine that Jesus turned the water into wine, uh, but apart from Jesus, they ran out. And let me tell you this, um, unless you're a very exceptional person, you're going to run out of strength for your marriage in the modern world. And it's not that God has run out. No, you've turned the gospel upside down. You're now trusting in yourself. That has to change, and it is so widespread. Believe it or not, I went for 20 years as an evangelical Protestant with only meeting one Catholic who could articulate that grace is the reason God lets us into heaven and not something we do or don't do. That single person was Father Mitch Paqua of EWTN. Other than that, I didn't meet a single person. And I've said before in this broadcast, I'm not proud of it, but I have led people out of the Catholic Church. It's because I met Catholics who were trusting in themselves for eternal salvation. I thought, well, I have to get these people out of the Catholic faith, because you can't go to heaven if you're trusting in yourself. It just doesn't work. You don't have enough strength to get to heaven. You don't have enough goodness to forgive your own sins or do something to atone for your sin. No, it's Jesus. And the same thing goes for your marriage. So in any case, I'm getting worked up here a little bit. I'm going to continue going through Galatians now. These are things that happen when your trust is in the wrong place. And, you know, I've read a lot of marriage books, Catholic, Protestant, and just secular and everything else, and nobody's talking about this. They all talk about this and this and this and this and that, and all of those things are great and of secondary importance. But the main thing you need in Christian marriage is Christ. And to have Christ, you have to have your trust put in the right place, or everything is messed up. So if you're trusting in yourself, St. Paul says you're under a curse. You're not being blessed with the Ezekiel promise, you're under a curse you're severed from Christ. Remember in John 15, Jesus speaks that I am the vine and you are the branches. The branches can't bear fruit of itself. Imagine your marriage is one of those branches. You can't bear that fruit of love by yourself. You need Christ. But if for whatever reason, uh, a defective catechesis or lack of catechesis or just somehow a misfire here, you are trusting in yourself for salvation, you know what happens? It's like you have just sawn off the branch that Christ wants to infuse into you and for your marriage to provide charity. You're severed from Christ. And then St. Paul says in Galatians 5, you have fallen from grace. Imagine if you're in a tree and you're getting the or the vine, you've just fallen straight to the ground. And everybody's wondering, well, you know, we've got to change things. We've got to make it easier for people to bail from marriage. It's just too difficult. And that's where Saint John Paul II put his finger on that. It's not too difficult with Christ. I dare say in the modern world, twenty-first century, I would agree with those who want to change everything and kind of monkey around with Christ's commandments for lifelong marriage and such like that, I I do believe it's gotten too hard by yourself in the 21st century. I'll agree with them on that, but it's not too hard for Jesus Christ because there's a source outside of ourselves, the very source that created the universe. Now, get this. That love, I mean, just exactly how much is available here? Well, Jesus made around 120 gallons of wine. There was no one running out of wine in that little village of Cana. You know, uh, people today, left, right, and center, Christians are running out of wine in their marriages. They're running out of grace. But the grace that comes from God in marriage is the same love that exists in the Blessed Trinity, the love between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It's literally beyond any comprehension, but it is sharing that love because if we are in Christ, we are sharing that same love of the blessed Trinity that he gives to us. This is the Ezekiel promise. This is the big change. And just as the first evidence of something having gone really wrong and breaking a relationship with God in Genesis chapter 3, you, you don't even have to turn the page and you see how it's starting to affect marriages. And then you turn the other page and you see what the devastation it brings to family life. Folks, this is the biggest clue that ever existed in the human race, and yet I can read 3,000 pages of various marriage books, Christian included, and Okay, we'll just assume everybody knows this. Well, in my experience, this is the very thing (laughs) that we shouldn't assume. This can't be said enough. Trust in Jesus, not yourself. You know, there's a book written by the authors of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, and they say, the precepts of the Decalogue, the Decalogue are the Ten Commandments, summarized love God, love your neighbor, your spouse is your first and closest neighbor. They say the precepts of the Decalogue seem to exceed our human capacity unless we keep our minds fixed and focused on the priority of grace, in other words, God's power. Yes, as Catholics, we are to faithfully obey the commandments, but we do so because of a primary trust in God. And, you know, that heavy burden becomes that nice, light yoke that we're actually able to carry. We're able to do the impossible, not because we're trying so hard, but because we're resting in faith, that that faith is so necessary because without that, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, I'd say it's almost impossible in the modern world to be able to have that kind of marriage, with the Ezekiel promise that Jesus is providing. So we've talked about the blockages. Sin is a huge blockage, can be easily removed in just a few minutes through the sacrament of confession. Just a wonderful, wonderful gift. Number two, get rid of the, I'm trying to be a good person, religion. The, um, As your primary trust for going to heaven. That isn't Catholicism. Um, That's some false religion that has nothing to do with the Catholic faith, which has a priority of God's grace working in our lives that enables us to do those things we otherwise couldn't do ourselves. The final blockage, save this for last, money and pornography money and pornography. Why do you talk about that? Well, here in Greenville, South Carolina, we were pleased to have a perfect view of the total eclipse this week. Um, even down in Charleston, I noticed on TV, they didn't get quite the sight that we did here because of the, we didn't have the cloud cover. And it was a total eclipse, and it was a beautiful thing. But You know, a total eclipse of the light of Christ coming into our life, that's that grace we're talking about in the Ezekiel promise. That's that grace we're talking about that St. John Paul II says is available to marriage. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is sound, your whole body will be full of light. The context of this is money, Uh, Jesus is talking about if you make money, your number one thing, that's where your eye is. If it becomes fixed, well, if your eye is not sound, in other words, it's off of God, off of others who you should love, and turning the love of money into your primary rule of life, well, then your whole body will be full of darkness, and if the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. Total eclipse. And so you have to be careful about the love of money. I personally think it's very difficult for any middle-class American living with the abundance that we're blessed. We have no idea. We're blessed beyond all civilizations, the entire history of mankind. Middle-class families are living better than most kings and queens in the past. So money is a problem. And then in the modern world, you have pornography. And people wonder, Steve, why did you get into this pornography thing? I thought you were into helping marriages, family life, and fathers and such. I am. And yet I realize that if your eye becomes addicted to pornography, then you're filling your whole body with darkness, and you go into total eclipse. And it becomes a blockage where the love of God can't penetrate the heart darkened by sin. And that's why you can simply go to uh, dads.org or go to Amazon. A little booklet I wrote, Breaking Free for Married Men or Young Men Breaking Free. You definitely want to break free before you get married. These are resources that you want to break free of these things because the love of money, which I dare say for any middle-class American, it's a challenge for you. This is an area of prayer. For asking God to keep your eye focused on those things which mean the most. And secondly, keep away from pornography because that puts your spiritual life into total eclipse. And he said, Well, so what? It's not hurting anybody. Ah, yes, it is. Because if you block that grace and if you allow sin in, you're back to Genesis 3 which, again, the same page, the first marriage argument is in the same page where sin entered. You want to get rid of sin, get rid of the three blockages, and let grace flow. And that's the message today for grace that can save your marriage. You've been listening to episode 170 of Faith and Family. I'm your host, Steve Wood. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at dads.org to order copies of Faith and Family broadcasts and to learn more about Catholic family life.